make our life choices. What's going on in the world? And come here and tell me, why aren't we ready for it? <laughs> we are just three best friends asking why Generation Y do what they do. No. No. I love to have to be so fancy. Thank you. <laughs> And come here. Come here to me. So a little PSA for you guys uh, before we start this week's episode. Um, As you know, John and I live together as of last week's episode. But we also live under um, a family of four and the kids tonight are being a little bit louder than normal. So please forgive any random guitars or um, music, musical lessons because they are musically talented but musically annoying. Yes, I completely agree. (laughs) Try living under it. It's ridiculous. Um, But yes, hello guys. Welcome back to the podcast. How are we all doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. We've got some great responses now that John and I are officially out of the yes. closet. It was a very, very popular episode and we got loads and loads and loads of listens and amazing feedback. So I'm very proud of you both. Oh, thank you. I'm quite happy. What about you, John? Thank you. I mean, I was thrilled with it. I mean, there's some answers I would like to have a phrase a bit nicer, but overall I was quite happy. Thank you so much for all the lovely support. It's better than we get in public in general. What um, feedback did you get from it yourselves? Like, was anybody surprised? No. <laughs> a lot of people um, that contacted me were obviously friends being like, oh, it was so cute. And like, you know, it was nice to see a different side of your relationship and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was quite nice feedback because we didn't know what to expect. And- I was getting things like, wow, because of your deep masculine tone, I was really surprised to find out you were homosexual. <laughs> and I suppose I broke a few ladies' hearts. Did hear, did hear that? I'm very sorry, girls, but someone else has my heart. Oh, cute. Heart. Okay, guys. So you might have seen on our Instagram stories that we did say... We are going to be switching up the podcasting schedule a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So we've decided that we're going to bring it down to once every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And the reason behind that is because, not because, you know, we're lazy or we don't want to do this. We're still very much invested in the Generation Y Love podcast. Mm -hmm. We still want to do this. But what we don't want to do is feel like we're putting out content that isn't right. We're putting out content that isn't fully realized. We want to make sure that every week and every second week that you guys (laughs) listen, it's proper deep meaningful content we're recording every second week but that doesn't mean we're not working every week i mean as we sort of mentioned on our socials the amount of research that goes into it and the amount of planning that goes into it it's a lot and we don't want to dilute the quality of our podcast jesus you can tell she's yes. a scientist can't you um so we would rather give you a high concentrate of goodness at yes. all times and just it gives us more time to provide better podcasts and better episodes and it gives you more time to catch up on older episodes as well because you have so many now because you can do it every week. Yeah, it's hard to expect people to listen every single week. We understand that. We all live very busy lives, but hopefully now that we have uh, the shortened schedule or the longer schedule, you'll have more time to catch up. Quickly, how was everybody's week before we start? It's been a lovely week. I really enjoyed myself. Thank you. Same answer every week, babes. <laughs> well, I live a very, like, medium-style life. It's not the good place, not the bad place. Everything is just ticking along. Okay, Mr. Grey. Well, one interesting thing might have happened... It's a little bit embarrassing. I'm going to say it really, really quickly. So totally and utterly destroyed the dam that was moist January. It's now very much a waterfall January. We went... <laughs> gushing January. Oh, gushing. Gushing. Gushing January. Went out for a brunch, as you do. Went to a bar afterwards. We were sitting in a place and we got talking to one homosexual. They got talking to another homosexual. And next thing you know, we're in this gay bar... And there's about 10 of us, all from different countries, talking about all gay things, how wonderful, and also how we're all foreign nationals and the English don't want us. <laughs> so everything's fine. We're all having a great laugh and having great times. Then the group kind of disperses. We're getting drunk, getting drinks, going to smoke a few ciggies, going to the toilet. So there's one man kind of sitting beside me. So I get kind of talking to him for a few minutes. Um, he's a nice man. And then it gets a little bit... First question. 
What age do you think I am? I did guess 35 listeners. He was actually 49. So he's a Gen X. Yes. Okay. Natural enemy of the past. So then <laughs> we're sitting there. You know, you ask the usual questions like, you know, oh, what's your name? Where are you from? Where do you live? So he said, oh, I live on Regent Street. Ooh. And I was like, yes, girl, Regent Street. Yeah. He had some money. So I obviously moved a bit closer towards him. Hand <laughs> on the leg. Thinking money. What's Regent Street like? He then corrected me. No, he lived under a bookshop in Regent Street and I was like oh I love books that's really interesting that's great no no I live under the shelter of a bookshop oh my on top God. of a cardboard box wait what so he was a homeless man oh so he literally goodness. lives on Regent Street he lives on Regent Street <laughs> just off Regent Street yeah like his address is one pavement drive Regent Street <laughs> Regent Street so he wasn't lying I mean he was being very literal he said then we can kind of get chatting and saying like that is it not lonely anything like that and he was saying Oh, it's great. I have freedom of movement. I don't have any bills. Um, I don't have to worry about being kicked out of my house or landlords or anything like that. It got a bit strange then. He started talking about um, how he has friends. There's a community of people. And he started talking about foxes. As in... The animal. The animal foxes, yes. Okay. As opposed so, to... I there mean, you the... can have a silver fox, you can have... Oh, I thank you. You know. Oh. There's, there's a multitude of foxes here. I was about here. to say, I mean, we live in a bear and otter community. True, sorry, yes. So I started asking about foxes. I'm like, oh, you know, obviously, I guess, like, in central London, do foxes run around London at night? I've never really seen it. You think they'd be afraid of the lights? I think he was trying to do, like, a half nature documentary conversation. So then he starts harping on about foxes a lot and how, like, they're really kind and considerate animals and how <laughs> he liked them a lot. So I'm just kind of sitting there. I remember 10 minutes I asked him I said so I have a question have you been intimate with the foxes because he went really deep and he looked me in the eye and he said yes so I said intimate the foxes and he said yes you don't understand how lonely it is on the streets no Okay, so by being intimate, you're like, you, you know, you touch them. And I asked a few questions oh, and he answered, he was very oh honest. God. So then I kind of like, okay, that's, that's enough now. That's Why enough for me. Why was he honest? I don't know. Maybe he was feeling a little foxy that night. I don't know. <laughs> so then I kind of just took a step back. And then about two minutes later, he puts his hand on my knee. And he says to me, look, to be honest, this is the nicest anybody's been to me in a long time. You've Aww. asked me questions. That You've is, answered them. Nice. I've really enjoyed this chat. I know you have your boyfriend here tonight. Can I kiss you? You so, said no, you smell like fox breath. I like, we I did like, and we've moved in together and the three of us are very lovely we're adopting a fox this week we're in trouble we're recording from the den <laughs> the den so I just said look I'm sorry sir, but I said I have a boyfriend and he was very keen and I said look I said, I'm not getting with a fox fucker so just leave me alone <laughs> which I'm not proud of oh obviously there's some issues there and then we're just kind of sitting there so then he kind of just goes back to sitting down and I'm kind of sitting there you know drinking my drink kind of turning around my ice and then a thought comes to me so I just kind of put my drink down I'm like tap him on the shoulder like can I ask you another question and he said yeah if you want to I was like is it the only reason that you spoke to me is because I had the same colour hair as a fox and then he stopped (laughs) turned around to look at me and he said that thought did occur to me yes (laughs) so the only time in about five years a man's spoken to me or chatted me up in a bar, it was a man that wants to get into me because I reminded him of a woodland creature that he would like to inseminate. I mean... Oh my... I don't know where to start with this. <laughs> we could do a whole fucking podcast episode of this. So I guess he's an animal rights activist? No. So like the opposite. He's literally the opposite activist. for animal rights I mean, either. equal rights for all animals, cross species breeding, yes. My goodness, John, stop. <laughs> I know, I know. No, it was just, it was a bit strange and I don't think I'm ever talking to another gay man in a bar by myself ever again. Please don't ever leave me. No, I totally won't. So guys, that brings us nicely onto the topic of foxes this week. 
No, yes. but John, that's absolutely ridiculous. And I hope that wherever that man is, he's um, not committing a crime. <laughs> but I also hope that he is safe. Yeah, I actually feel really bad because obviously he's on the street and he's quite lonely and, you know. Yeah. Sometimes Needs must. Everybody knows a man's best friend is a fox. <laughs> well, apparently. Anyway, so in a complete departure from foxes, yes. this week we are talking about friendships. Ooh. Well, that was a former friendship. I guess. It was a fox ship, I'll give you that. <laughs> I'm, oh. here, I'm here all night, baby. Ladies and I'm gentlemen, hashtag foxship on Instagram. <laughs> but yeah, today we're going to be talking a little bit about friendships, what they look like to those of us in Generation Y yeah. or Millennials. We're going to talk a little bit about what it's like to have friends when you're an adult. Yeah, so I think friendships is a really good one to talk about because Generation Y, as we said, goes from 24 to 40, 39-ish now. Yeah. I should really know this. I host a podcast. <laughs> um, in your late 20s, early 20s, Twerties, twerties, early thirties, around that age is where your friendships really change because people settle down, they get into relationships, and you also kind of get to know who your real friends are. It was just requested as well a few times, and we discussed some other podcasts, and people have had some real interest in it. So it's something that we really want to talk about. I will be honest, when I first heard about an episode in Friends, my first thought was like, really? I mean, do people want to hear about that? Does it really affect our generation? Holy shit, it's actually a really, really important concept for us. I totally agree. We're at that age where we're just coming out of uni or being out of uni slash college for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Our friendship dynamic is probably changing a lot. Yeah. How we make friends is probably changing a lot. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a really, really important thing to talk about at this age. Yeah, and I guess we've moved away from, a lot of us have moved away from living with our family. So our friends become like the family we choose. They become the real people that we speak to, maybe more and depend on more, especially for us living in London as well. You know, our friendships are as close as we have to family here. So mm-hmm. it is... Definitely want to talk about it. I'm glad we're talking about it. So we should start this episode like we start every episode with a definition. Definition. So it turns out there's no absolute definition of what does or does not constitute a friendship. Okay. However, there are traits of a friendship. Mm. Listen along. Maybe you'll recognize some of them. Well, hopefully you'll recognize some of them. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. Some degree of commitment both to the friendship and to the other person's well-being. A desire for regular contact with the other person. Now, regular contact could occur once every two days or once every two years. There is a mutual trust, concern and compassion. There are shared interests, opinions, beliefs or hobbies. There is some degree of shared knowledge about one of those lives, emotions, fears or interests. And more importantly, there is feelings of love, respect, admiration or appreciation. I feel literally none of those things. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's really, really nice. That was really detailed and I quite like it because I think a lot of people as well, we'll probably talk about this later, but I feel like the time one was really interesting, like two days or two years, because I completely agree with that. Just because you don't talk to someone for a year doesn't mean you're not friends. Absolutely. But I think it takes a strong relationship to survive that amount of time without speaking because you have a lot of people who will be just like, we haven't spoken to me recently. It's like, I'm sorry, Deirdre, I don't have to. Those friendships, I think, are usually ones that you've already established a really good foundation and now you're comfortable in distance. It doesn't change your friendships. Okay, so on that vein, shall we talk about the different types of friendships? Close friends, acquaintances, work friends, party friends. Friends you met traveling. Friends you met traveling. You know, that one person that like your parents introduced to you when you were like 14. You met up with them like a handful of times. Yeah. It was really awkward, but you actually became friends in the end. Yeah, that person. What would you classify as a friend? Because I think there's a difference between people you know and friends, in my eyes. To me, I consider everyone that I talk to a friend. 
Okay. But I would consider... Well, you hippie man. <laughs> no, but I would. Like, I wouldn't... I don't like people who are just like, oh, this is like... You, don't, you would never introduce someone as an acquaintance. Oh, this is John. He's my acquaintance. I introduce everyone as a friend, whether or not that level of friend is someone that I would confide, like, my secrets in or someone that I would seek comfort with. That, that changes depending. But um, I think everyone, I just give the term friend. I think all the traits I discussed there, um, I think they apply to all friends that I have, but in different ways. So mm. I have work friends, but our shared interest and our problems and appreciation come with the job. Yeah. I have home friends. Our shared appreciation now builds on memories from the past. You know, talk about, oh, the time we did this, over the time yeah. we went there. And appreciation of of still knowing each other after all these years. And how far they've all come. And how far we've all come. I think the traits apply, but just in different respects to different groups of friends. Yeah, would you consider, would you give different terms to different people or? I think in a situation where you introduce someone, you introduce them as this is my friend. But I think people I work with, I'd consider colleagues unless they're friends. Because there's a difference between everyone I work with and then certain people I work with. Certain people I work with, I'm closer to and I would consider a friend. Others I work with and I chat to every now and then, but I consider a colleague. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. On average, how many friends do you think... Wait, 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 wait. Is this Miss Datsy's return? Oh, honey. Miss Datsy. I just, I just want to say, Miss Datsy had um, help from our lovely listeners this week. Oh. Ooh. So, um... How have you guys been interactive and I know, show? babes, with me horns. She put her little feelers out, her little nails out, and she asked a few questions, and I've got some back. Should we go through them now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So let's, as Connor says, take a deep dive into... The DMs. The DMs. So thanks, Hones, for sliding into our DMs. We asked you guys some questions, um, and I haven't shared these results with y'all, so this is um, real-time tea reaction. So the first question was, how many close friends would you say you have? More than five or less than five? 67%, and a lot of people replied to this poll, by the way, 67% said that they have less than five, and 33% say they have more than five. So close friends, how would you say more or less? I would be in the less than five category, I think, because close friends to me is someone that like knows real intimate bits about my, I mean, two of y'all are in this room. <laughs> you know, knows really intimate parts of my life. We talk on a really regular basis. We share a lot about each other. I think close friends, I would say less than five. I would say more than five, okay. but not much more than five. I would say, if I'm thinking of close friends, I would say less than five. Yeah. I have plenty of good friends. If I was to count on two hands how many people I think, okay, this emergency's happened, I need to text this person yes. straight away and tell them, or, oh God, this awful thing has happened, they need to know right now. Yeah. Um, it would be less than five. I'd say about six or seven for me. Yeah. Okay, fair. Um, next question. How often do you see your friends? So 44% of our listeners said more than once a week and 56% said less than once a week. How important do you think it is to see your friends and maintain friendships? I think we said that a few minutes ago. I'm not too fussed about time. It's like communication and friendship is so abstract. It depends on what's right for your friendship. You know, like my best friend in the entire world um, lives back in Ireland and I could not talk to her maybe for a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. like directly, maybe in like we're in the same group chat or whatever, but we might actively have a conversation with each other for a few weeks or a month, but when we do, it's fine. And none of us are stressful about that yeah i think social media as well helps that little but we'll talk about that later this is a really interesting one because i can also see who answered this so i'm like oh i didn't expect that do you prioritize friendships over relationships 54 percent said yes and 46 percent said no now i was surprised at this because we can see our listenership and our listenership age group falls exclusively between 24 and 30 Five, I think, with a couple of Gen X's. Shout out to the Gen X. It's our Maz and Daz. Hi, mom. I wonder if this was single people answering or people who were in relationships. Because I think it would be natural for people to 
choose relationship or have them both at, as at the same level well this is what I was going to say it says prioritise one over the other and I think people in a relationship would probably say I would prioritise my relationship but at the same time that doesn't mean I'm going to like ignore my friends yeah you know what I mean I think yeah. there's a nice balance there I think it's a finely tuned balance but then again I think we all know that person that prioritised their relationship so much that eventually the relationship did end mm. and then the friendships that you had beforehand were not the same there's always that person who is always with their fella or their girlfriend and you never see them anymore but i think there's this type of friend that i would call the boyfriend friend who um wants you to treat them like their boyfriend and sometimes sexual relationships and and you know intimate relationships require more than friendships they do and I find there, there's a type of friend that isn't accepting of those who have a boyfriend. Or when you get older, they don't accept that you have to divide your time and you have to invest. Oh, yeah, I know so, what you mean. I know the kind of person um, you mean. So, like, yeah. for example, if me and John, obviously in a relationship, I had a friend who was just like, oh, why did you spend all your time with them? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And I think that's childish. I think that's childish as well. Now, thankfully, I've never really had friends like that, but I have seen it and it, it ruins friendships sometimes. So it can either go one way or the other. Hopefully, you can just have a friend who's like sound, I love you, and your fella, and everything's grand. But it's a sign of immaturity, in my opinion. I think the fact so that too. Like, it's like, what? I don't get it. Yeah. Okay, and the final question we asked was when did you meet most of your friends? So the friends that you have now, how did you meet them? Was it from childhood or university? Or as an adult, 67% said from childhood and university and 33% said as an adult. Now, I'm interested to see how you met majority of the friends you have now. So, I think because I live in two different countries, Yeah. obviously, all the friends that I have in Ireland are from childhood, secondary school and university. All the friends I have over here are as an adult because I moved over here when I was like 23 24 so I know certain people they make those group of friends when they're in secondary school or those group of friends in college slash uni and they kind of think that's all I need I'll have work friend acquaintances that's it I did not have that luxury but when I came over here like I had absolutely like nobody so I had to make adult friends and start from the very very beginning yeah so I'm a bit of both mine would most definitely be from adulthood majority of my friends I have now I met as an adult Mm. Um, my close friends I've met through university that's not to say all of them a couple of them I've met through university and obviously I have my childhood friends who I adore but majority of my friendship group now is from people I met as an adult no I would say childhood and university yeah, for me yeah I think most m- well majority of people did 67% did yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, statistically in the UK how many friends do you think an adult has oh give us a ballpark here because people could say two or like 20 shall I just tell you the answer no no it has to be a game um, oh, it has to be a competition it has to be a competition it? oh look this is it now see that see that we're all out as a couple you can see the evil bits you're going to hear the evil bits um, okay so I'm going to go out on a whim and say this is like friends close friends work friends people you consider you could go out for a drink for just one to one I'm going to go for 13 okay I was going to say 25 40 40 40 apparently oh. well, yeah I could see that I probably have Upwards of that number, I would say, of friends that I could meet up with. Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah. I would say 40, but above 20 anyway. I always think if I was getting married, if I was having a birthday party, how many people would I invite? And then that's the amount of friends you have. Oh, that's actually quite good. Yeah. I like that. So this study was done of 2,000 Brits. They found on average an adult has 40 friends, including two best mates, four close pals and five work buddies. Others fell into um, acquaintances um, or five friends outside their immediate group. So yeah, that, that you, sounds about right. right. So a big reason why we also wanted to do the friendship podcast because unfortunately, twenty two percent of millennials in a survey said they had no friends at all. Oh, yeah, one in five, according to YouGov survey carried out in two thousand nineteen. 
30% of millennials say they feel lonely compared to 20% of Gen X and 15% of baby boomers. Oh, wow. It's really, really sad. Some said that they had no close friends. Nearly 30% said they had no close friends and 22% they had no friends at all. How do you feel about that? What's your reaction? That's very sad. Yeah. It's very sad that people have to go through their lives with their friends because I don't know where I would be without the people that I consider my friends. You know what I mean? Yeah, and... Why do you think this is? Well, I think there's probably a few different things that it could be. I think for one, I think that, I think our generation as Gen Y are more open to discussing our mental health and how we feel. I feel like our generation is very expressive and emotive and more, we can understand and discuss how we feel. So I do feel like the reason that it's higher is because we can acknowledge, okay, I feel lonely or I don't okay. have that many close friends. You know what I mean? Okay. Like you're able to do that. Whereas maybe like, you know, Gen X or the baby boomers, they're like, oh no, I'm fine. I don't have any problems. I have loads of friends, blah, blah, blah. Or they have people that they might be neighbors with or work colleagues with. And they're like, oh, this is my friend, Bob. We work together. It's like, that's not a friend. That's a colleague. Okay. Do you get it's what I mean? Really, it's a really good point. Yeah. I never, actually, I never actually thought of it in that way. Like we've discussed mental health with our generation. Yeah. I mean, are we the first generation to come forward and say, look, I'm not going to lie. I do feel lonely. It is affecting my mental health. I'm going to be honest with you. Are we actually more lonely or are we just more open to admitting it? So yeah, I think that's definitely one of the things. Um, I guess social media probably. Social media can allow you to keep in contact with your friends without actually meeting up with them. But does that make them less of a friend? And it also opens doors to more friends. So I don't know somehow, sometimes if social media is a benefit or not in friendship. It's a, it's a difficult one. I think that is a difficult one. I think it's the whole concept of like, you know, is an online friend equal to or greater than an in-person friend? You know yeah. what I mean? And I think there's pros and cons to both because online, you know, it's easier. You can chat to anyone around the world. You can find people that are into the same things you are, whereas yeah. in person, you're having that physical kind of connection. And I think people who say that, like, because so I feel like we have a perception of someone who turns around and says, like, you know, oh, my friends are on Twitter or my friends are on Instagram or on these forums or whatever. And you kind of look down and be like, oh, that's a bit weird. Why don't you have any real friends? Real friends. That's yeah. something that we had definitely growing up. Yeah. Um, and I think that's wrong. I think you can have, like, a friend can be online or a friend can be in person. There shouldn't be mutually exclusive or one is wrong or one is right. I think that's really weird. So I think that can be a bit of an, ask, an aspect of it. Well, there's this really interesting quote that I found and that I'm going to read out now. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with this. A friend is no longer someone who rides with you on their bike down the street. They're the one who liked, in air quotes, your photo. Um, mm. Well, this is interesting. I thought... I was having a little think about this and social media, yes, we talked about an online friend can be the same as a real friend, but the way it's phrased online is quite scary. People aren't your friends online, they're your followers. Yes. It implies that they are like liking things that you're doing or following what you're doing. They're not actually a friend, they're not engaging with you on a personal level talking to you, they're just watching what you do. And I feel like a lot of young people, we talked about this, mental health problems and issues that they can't deal with social media because of the pressure to be perfect and likeable and lovely all the time and you can't be wrong or real and it's it's quite scary i think generation y gave a new meaning to friend someone that adds you on facebook does that make them your friend i can't really give much of the conversation because all friends i have met have been through real life Mm -hmm. but i know plenty of people and i've seen like a large community of people on like twitter or websites like reddit where they have said you know like my group of friends the people i have met online these are my friends and i'm not going to sit there and judge them and say really I mean, I have never experienced that, but that doesn't mean it's not necessarily true or not necessarily real. Yeah. Like, my friends that I've met in real life are no better or no worse than the friends that they've met online. No, I would completely agree. I think there's a number of other factors as to why we're so lonely as well. I think we are a generation riddled with 
anxieties and we're so scared to put ourselves out there and make new friends and talk to new people we're so scared of what people think about us we're so scared of any interaction it's the generation of migration like we all leave so we moved around places where we're new a lot of the time it's very difficult to have friends so it can be really lonely I understand why we're generation lonely and bring back to like anxiety and fear in social media you might follow a lot of people on Instagram and they might always be out every Saturday night with a big group of friends yeah. hashtag gals and allies hashtag bestie hashtag other bestie hashtag work bestie and you're seeing these people constantly saying I have this many friends I go out this often yeah. also that's a small point of their life we don't know what that person's going through but if you're feeling lonely yeah. and you're constantly seeing this barrage of people with large groups of people saying that's your best friends and you don't have that mm-hmm you'll find it really difficult to go out there and make your own friends. You'll just think, why don't I have that now? Yeah. Is there something wrong with me? Again, it all comes down to comparison. Comparison and the fake reality, It's this is what people are portraying on social media. Is that why people said that they had no close friends? Is it because they're comparing their friendship groups to what they see online? Oh, I don't go out every Saturday with my pals. I mustn't have any pals. You're right. Yes. It's, yeah. it's tough. I think just to bring back to an old podcast episode on careers. Yeah. We said we're so driven by careers. I mean, like, we're now asked to pick our leaving star subjects really quickly, slash um, A-level subjects. You know, we go to university, we work, there's a pressure to get that career. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know somebody, um, you know, she's doctor now and she's in her early 30s but she said it to me like she said she didn't think about trying to make a close group of friends until she was 27 because her family had pressure to study 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 friends will come friends will come friends will come but then she realized she was lacking social skills she was lacking social cues because she didn't know how to make friends because she never had the experience of doing it. it's a skill isn't it talking to new people and yeah. trying to make them Definitely. your friends and it's, a, it's it's something that you learn yeah. and you learn that from childhood you learn that in your teenage years if you're not getting an opportunity to practice that you're going to find it really hard in your adult year so I've seen people with their careers stopping them from having friends and then they say oh but I have work friends I have work friends as well but are they more like really good acquaintances like yeah. if, you, if you stop working together will you still be friends a year later yeah in my mind I think work friends is like friends who you can hang out with outside of the workplace and you're right we spoke about this in the careers episode where a survey was done on millennials and they prioritise friendship below career and money mm, so very yeah. true. it's true people don't care about friendships anymore guys it's sad it's very sad but in another way we were talking there about um, like you know friends and uh, John you were saying about that girl who couldn't make friends when she was older she would have those social cues um, social social, social, social cues um, how do you think that people in our generation made friends whether growing up or now or like what's, what ways do you think we meet our friends I think asking us at this age is quite a strange one because I feel like we still are very close with our well I know in my case I'm still close friends with people from my university you know you're constantly in school secondary school university I mean those are fantastic open places to make friendships yeah it's only a couple of years since that's finished so you're still kind of riding the coattails of those friendships mm-hmm. I think if you ask me this question in 10 years time when I'm probably not going to be in contact with all those people and I'm going to have to make the effort to make new friends that's when it's, I think that's when I would personally be able to give more of an answer to that question school and university and stuff that's when we meet most of our friends it's yeah. when most of us have like you know those core group of people that we meet because you're in your young teenage years you're going through puberty and you're kind of discovering people your own age and making friends so I think a lot of us kind of have that yeah and even in your mid-20s to late-20s you still those are still your main friends for me anyway and most people that I know I think I can like chime in and give my experience now because majority of my friendship group I have now I probably made 
and solidified their friendships over the last two years, like as an adult. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd say from the age of like 25, 26 to now, I've made like really strong friendships with people that I never knew before and mm. I just met as an adult. For me, I met people who were in the same circle. So like I go to music events and I go to certain DJs and I go to... Raves. I know, I go, I go raving. <laughs> and the after session is the best place to meet a friend. I will yes. let it be known. But I've met other people my age, older, who like I've just kept in contact with. And it's one of these things that I think finding um, a mutual interest is always a great place to start with meeting friends. Yes. Going to the gym, going to a workout class, going to yoga. It's about following up with that. It's about the next day texting and be like, hey, it was so lovely to meet you. I'd love to meet up again. I completely agree. And that's something that I think is something that we as adults find difficult to do when we making do. friends. We find it really awkward to make friends. Like, to meet someone new, to go out there at our age, like, you know, in your mid-twenties, late-twenties, early-thirties, to go somewhere and push yourself to make that conversation, to make a new friendship. It's really awkward and kind of daunting because I feel like when you're a kid, it's easy because you have to make friends. That's totally fine. But I feel like you get to a point where if you don't have friends when you're in your mid-twenties, people might think it's odd. Well, I think go back to my point that like, you now have to put yourself out there way more than you ever did. Like you're not living in a dorm with other people your age. You don't have a shared experience of going to college and talking about that. You know, people come to you because they're also looking for the same thing. Suddenly you're in your, you know, your mid-twenties, your late-twenties, you have to push yourself way out there because, you know, now you need to make that new group of friends. And not everybody had a lovely experience in school and in college where they made loads of friends. That mm-hmm. often wasn't a great time for people. I know for me, I didn't really make friends in college until my final year. I hated it. I didn't get involved in anything. So for me now, I have friends from my childhood that I love and adore, but I, a handful. I don't mm-hmm. have that many. They don't live in London. I, they're not around me all the time. I had to go out there and make new friends. I met you guys through friends a few years ago and we're True. very close and we've well, worked on that really well. Once we're, we're when we record, okay, yeah, we're colleagues. <laughs> when the microphone's on, <laughs> yeah. But I had to go out there and find like-minded people. people. I yeah. had to find my yeah. people. I had to find people who I want to hang around with and who want to hang around with me. I'm someone who made a choice not to get married and have kids and settle down and do all of these things early in life. I'm finding people who now are the same age as me who don't think I'm a weirdo for that or who don't think I'm a weirdo for chatting to people at Rave and making lots of friends because they're in the exact same position as me. Like yes. That common ground is huge. It's that initial point, initial interest. And then the more you meet up, the more you realise, oh, you like that too? Oh, so do I. Oh, you like that too? Oh, so do I. And then next thing you know, you start doing daytime things. With childhood friendships, you can be friends with someone because you went to school with them because you live next door to them. And it's a friendship almost of convenience initially because you met in school or you met because you live in the same road. You might not necessarily have the same interests as adults. Just because you've had a core friend from childhood from university doesn't make that the only friendship you should have you can expand no i completely agree and i think that kind of leads on to our next point which is like how our friendships have changed obviously like you just said you have kind of friendships of convenience when you're in school with certain people or live around certain people and then you move up and you grow and sometimes those relationships stay and sometimes they go and i think especially in this period of our lives where especially for us and i know a lot of you guys listening at home like moving away and trying new things and going to college and all that kind of stuff it can be a bit of an upheaval yeah. and that can mess and change your relationships for the good for the bad um i think it'd be kind of nice for us to talk about 
how that's affected us in our lives. Um, so I'm a very typical Gemini. I love being the centre of attention. Two-faced biatch. See, don't forget it. One eye, one eye smiling at you, one eye trying to get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love to have loads of friends. I'm one of those person, one of those people who's quite comfortable in a crowd. I love meeting new people and being surrounded by loads of people and chatting and making friends. And um, I always have. I've always been that kind of person. Well, when I got to my teenage years. But I, like we said earlier, there's only a handful of people that I consider like really, really close friends and everyone else I would consider just a regular friend. And I'm quite lucky. I feel like I'm one of those rare people who is still very good friends with all the people that I went to secondary school with. Well, Do you know what I mean? And I've talked to a few people about this. I think it's very strange. We have a very big core group of people. And this doesn't even, this transcends schools. Like this is people from like maybe two or three different schools who are all in the same town together. And we're all like really, really good friends then. And we all still meet up now. Maybe we don't meet up each other all the time. And it's kind of splintered off into like the boys, the girls and people in different countries. But we all meet up quite regularly. We all chat in group chats like at least once or twice a day. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's still quite active. And we make the effort at Christmas. And we make the effort at Easter or whenever we come home to still chat. Um, and that's quite nice. That's but lovely. It's lovely, but not everyone has that. And I feel like you were right. Sometimes you're friends with people for convenience. And even I can see growing up, there's a couple of people that I would have been friends with in secondary school or primary school that you just don't have anything in common you're just yeah. being friends for the sake of being friends or because the group is there and, and that's fine things change and stuff over time you know what I mean speaking of um, whatsapp groups I feel like it's the most generation wide thing now to have a whatsapp group oh my yeah. god yes. and it's something that I am bad at being in them and being involved in them I'm much more of a face to face person like if you organise something every single Saturday for two months I will be there the early person there I will be the last person to go and I'll throw myself into it I am not the most involved person in WhatsApp groups. And I've had people get really frustrated at me at, um, at me because of that. And I get really, not angry. I suppose on one hand, I should look at it like we're in Generation Y. Like your mobile phone's constant in your hand. That's how we contact each other. Mm. But at the same time, I'm like, I value friendship more face to face. And I realise I'm probably stuck in the old times with that. I don't think it's about the old times. I think it's about being aware that sometimes the, the kind of group chat and stuff is, is a necessary evil yeah. if it's not what you kind of agree with yeah. because you might be like yeah that's fine but some other people just might be like oh my god he's not texting me in the group chat that's yes. and I, and I've it's, had that. it's hard to straddle the line yeah. yeah, and I've had that and I'll say it again I will go to every single event that you organise and face to face and I will do all that and I think I'm a fantastic person when it comes to that wow. but I've had people come say to me it's kind of like you know you're not a real friend or you're being very very quiet or you don't care or you're not you're not talking to us anymore and I just I don't know I just it's just a way of contacting that doesn't interest me or excites me or interests me in any kind of way unfortunately and I do it because it's a necessary evil as you say but I see how, how much you throw yourself into WhatsApp groups yeah constantly which is fantastic for you but that's like my worst nightmare well to me that's how I communicate because a lot of my friends don't yes, live in this yeah. country and or... that's a real 2020 thing that I need to get on board with but I and I freely admit it's something I'm terrible at doing and I'm really 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 reluctant to get into I think it's understanding your friends love language per se so if your thing is like I'll meet you every single weekend we go for coffee and their thing is I just fancy a text back during the week then respect each other's decisions mm. they should also respect that you don't you're bad at it and it's not really what yeah. you want to do to and make you any less of a friend yeah so I don't think you should feel guilty about not texting them back but maybe just let them know communicate because maybe they don't know and they think you're being a uh, bit of a dick a dick like one day I'm like I'm going to text back way more and I throw myself into it for a, lot, for a week and then I realise I don't get 
much out of it. I don't really laugh at it. I don't really enjoy it. Then I kind of get really quiet for a week. But then I, and then I think to myself, oh, it's not important. It's not important. But like I said before, like it's a key part of the communication that it is for yeah. our relationship. I think as well, it's because like, you know, WhatsApp groups and stuff is a new technology. People don't really know how to handle it. You know what I mean? I think if you're a friend person to person, everyone knows like, let's chat, let's meet. But when it comes to like a WhatsApp group, no one really knows. Like some people are like really into it. Some people are like, I can't be arsed. And there can be some miscommunication there tone cannot be translated in a whatsapp text oh i'm such like, a dick over text honestly there's sometimes people will just be texting like normal and i'm like who is this fucking idiot why are they talking to me like this i've completely misread it don't honestly just give them a call voice, voice notes <laughs> for life i think that like just to go off track for a second i think the semantics of like texting and emojis and that x at the end is ridiculous like languages evolve so much where it's like why is only one x at the end of that message it's usually two or three yeah. x's is that person angry at me is that person upset at me did i do something if you don't put tb at the end of your message i'm not texting you back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so you mentioned how our friendships have changed from how they were when we were younger to yeah, yeah. now. i think me as a friend i've changed a lot i um if we're gonna talk zodiacs here i am a cancer so i'm like a real homebody and i have like loyalty and a real emotional person and I'm very sensitive when I wear my heart on my sleeve I look back at some of the friendships I had when I was younger and when I was in school and I have so much regret with how I treated those people it really really, it haunts me (gasps) I hate how I was I hate how I came across I hate how I handled situations like I, I hate everything about how I was with some of the friendships I really regret some of the friendships I lost honestly I think about it all the time oh my god Nikki that's so deep I know but I think I've learned from it a lot because basically I'm so sensitive and I'm sometimes very quick to react and I can get really defensive and that can come across as fucking unbearable but I also hold people to an unfair standard sometimes and I think what I've really learned from friendships is that people are not the same I can shower people with love and attention and time and everything I shouldn't expect it back you're a good friend they'll appreciate it and they'll speak to me in their friendship love language but some people just aren't wired that way and it's okay and it's okay for you to go listen to these people and it's okay for those people not to do it back I found it very difficult to accept that sometimes I think I'm slowly learning to do it now and I think friendships for me now as well considering I live here with no family here in London friendships are my family now like I hold them so deep to me and I expect like a really deep like family family Familial? Familial bond. Familial. Um, like <laughs> connection and trust. We're still a bilingual podcast. Yes. yes. And a trust that I hold with my family. It's a lot. Sometimes it's a lot to invest and expect from someone. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. I think when it comes to what friendships mean to me, I feel, again, like I, I've kind of made this point before, I haven't really felt evolution in how I perceive my friendships. A lot of them I've had now for a long time. How I meet people is the same as I was in college, face to face, just texting the next day. I haven't really changed my perception of my friendships, how I approach friendships, what my expectations from friendships. Um, now we're sitting here having this chat. I'm a little bit like, am I just on the tail end <laughs> of my like, of my early twenties in those friendships? You know, in five years' time, will I be having the same conversation, or will I turn around and say, no, I should have changed how I approach my friendships. I should have made more of an effort. So I'm having an existential crisis. <laughs> I don't think so. Knowing you, you're very. How do I put this? he's such a Leo no but he literally is one of those people I feel like John's one of those people who's very um, secure and set and has always been the same from day dot and doesn't look back and be like I could have done things differently or done things better this that and the other I feel like I'm like you Nikki and I have definitely changed the way relationships I look at relationships ahead of me to me but I feel like you're like one of those people who's like I'm your friend 
and that's just it taking or leaving me not in a bad way but like I'm no, always gonna, I'm always going to be this way like I feel like you're very solid like a rock I've always yeah. been this way and in five years time I think you'll be the exact same friends with all the people that you run out because I feel like all the friends that I've met of yours are the exact same <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't I don't really second doubt myself I just feel like I know what I'm good at as a friend and I know what I can improve on and I just play to my strengths oh that's so nice I was really different like you might not know this now because I'm very open and crazy and fun and awesome but I was a very quiet child like shy to the point of like in the background no one noticed me like that was it like in primary school very few friends me like, too I would talk to a couple of the gals none of the lads Very, it was very country primary school to be fair so like I did not fit in I'll just put it that way but um, as I got into secondary school and I came out a little bit more I was you know those people that like used to float around the school in like loads of different groups of people and didn't really know where they fit yeah that was me Aww. like there would be like a group of five people I'd be the one that would come in every now and then same 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 all around the school like I hung around with everyone I hung around with the goth kids I hung around with like you know the smart girls I hung around with the popular girls I hung around with the girls who would go around the back of the school and have a cigarette at lunchtime like mm-hmm. I was with every single group for a long time because I didn't feel like I fit in or I was just that guy who's like smiling and going along with it and trying to figure out my place in the world but it wasn't until I got into like my fifth year which was like what 16 16 years old mm-hmm. that I found the group of friends that I ended up with in secondary school and ones that I still would consider like really close best friends until like you know today so I feel like I've really evolved how I've gone through friendships. But I feel like now I'm at a point where I'm quite happy. So I feel like we spoke a lot about friendships as family, familial bonds, how we rely on each other, how we're in constant contact, how they are the most important relationships that we have. The good things. The good things. But I think like anything, there's also a toxic side to friendships. Oh yeah. I mean, we discussed about like, you pour your heart out to certain people and you know, you put yourself out there to certain people I know I have, and I'm sure you have, mm. and it didn't work out for us. Like, to- you know, toxicity toxicity is very real in friendships as well. For me, a friendship is a relationship, like any other relationship. You have to invest time and effort into it. Yes, exactly. Um, And I feel like maybe it's been one-sided sometimes. Sometimes, as I said before, you have to accept it. Other times, you're like, you fucking hurt me. This is not fair. It can become toxic if you don't personally address or decide to let go. Because you can't hold on to these people in your life if you're not gaining anything from it like it's as simple as that I'm completely with you I feel like going back to that thing that you said about a relationship of convenience I feel like sometimes you have friends that you've had for such a long time that you're just like it'd be awkward to say I don't want to talk to you anymore or cause problems and I think that's something that we need to get away from and if someone is causing you pain or if you don't want to be around someone if you don't like their attitude or their beliefs or things have changed I think you should be well within your rights to be like I don't want to speak to you anymore or associate with you anymore and I think there's a right way to do that and a wrong way to do that. Yeah. I think simply like cutting ties, ignoring, not messaging back, that's wrong. Yeah. I think that you should at least be able to approach that person. If they were your friend at any time and say, yeah. look, I personally don't want to hang around with you anymore. I don't like this about you or that about you. Not being a dick about it, being like, I feel like your values have changed. I feel like we don't have the same connection anymore. I feel like yeah. your energy is quite negative or you're going through something. And I just don't think that it's benefiting me anymore and I think that I should just call it off and I think it might cause problems in the group it might cause drama it might cause heartache but I think it needs to be done like that otherwise if you just cut ties that person can use that against you or take other people against you you're not expressing how you feel about these things and at the end of the day if someone is sucking the life out of you and you lose and sleep and they're not your boyfriend yeah (laughs) (laughs) like look after yourself one yes no honestly 
I think if you're in a friendship and you're not enjoying it and the only positives you can find are the old moment and the nostalgia yeah. and you can't see any positives in the moment or in the future bye bye what's the point what's the point who's it better right. this time in life I guess is really about gaining friends and losing friends as you said yes uh, any experiences you want to share with the L Gen Ys <laughs> um, well the thing is I haven't re- I'd say I probably could count on one hand even the friends that I've actively lost like people that I would have been really good friends with that I don't speak to at all anymore and none of those were for like negative reasons. Most of it was like, you know, growing apart in terms of time or interest or location. Like, you know, friends, a couple of friends from when I was maybe like 13 or 14 that I was really close with at the time and then we don't speak anymore. Or friends that I was really close with in college or just because the group disbanded and everyone's gone. Some of them kind of like, you know, have slipped away, unfortunately. And it was never anything bad, just certain things. I think there was probably maybe one or two that like, you know, there was a bit of blood blood and things never really recovered to where they were, you know, like mm-hmm. really, really good friends that due to like, you know, jealousy or yeah. bad blood and things that went wrong, um, they're just not as close anymore. And things like that happen. I'm at peace with it now. And yeah, I think I think that's, that's kind of it with that one. As for gaining friends, I've met a ton of friends. As yes. you know, I've lived in New York and many other cities around the world. And I've made tons of friends and I like having lots and lots of friends. Proud of you. Thank you. I'm going to do something on the flip side, going back to relationships. So I was dating a guy, just come back to um, toxicity. I was dating this guy for a couple of months and it was, it was really, really nice. And I remember he had lovely friends and I got on really, really, really well with his friends. And we got on like fantastic. And I remember after a while he kept making comments like, God, you got on really well with her tonight, didn't you? God, you got on really well with him tonight, didn't you? And then I'll never forget one of his friends was having um, a 21st birthday. And it was always them messaging him saying, oh, does John want to come? One day, I got the invite directly from the friend. The guy I was dating deleted me off that and said, those are my friends. They are not your friends. Oh. Do not get in the way of my friendship. You are. were together at this age still? I think we were, we were, we were, we were seeing each other like three times a week for about four months. So you were dating during this You time. were dating. Yeah, we hadn't confirmed anything. We were serious dating to me. But I remember him saying to me, um, those are my friends. They're not your friends. Don't try and steal my friends from me. We're very close. We're like a family. You don't get involved in that. So I've never had a toxicity myself with a friendship. Any friendship like you, I have lost. is just a process of time and you just drift apart naturally. But that's always something that's stuck in the back of my head when it comes to like relationships and friendships. Like that person could not strike the balance. Mm. Couldn't strike it. And I remember when we first dated and you were always saying, oh, come meet my friends, come meet my friends, come meet my friends. They were kind of awesome. And genuinely for the first six months, I would say no a couple of times because I was genuinely afraid it was going to turn to that again. Saying, no, they're my friends. They're my friends. You know, you're only friends with them because, you know, I have invited you. You're Mm. you're only here because I invited you, not because they want you here. So for like the first six months, I was really, really careful. Oh, damn. So please be careful. Please try and balance it between relationships and friendships. Because I had been on the other side of that relationship mm. where I was affected by your relationship with your friends. I've had that too, where I had a friend. They made loads of friends that I then became friends with. And they would like actively turn around and be just like talking about me to them. Or talking about me to them being like, oh God, why is he hanging around like you're my friends? Like, what is that about? Like, people are weird. People get really protective of their friends I mean I met you through friends I met John through Connor I don't even see John as Connor's boyfriend we're all really good friends Mm. I think you're right and you kind of touched on something there that the biggest strain on any friendship is if 
one of your close friends gets in a relationship or there's a relationship that's involved in some way it can make things really messy i think what i've learned as well and from us even working on the pod together you have to just be able to call your friends out and be like look this is after annoying me yeah you have to you have to because otherwise things fester and it becomes a problem you know what i mean and if you look uh, anyone listening here today look back on relationships that you had in your early 20s or after college or after secondary school yeah and you will see yourself being like oh I couldn't say this to them and it got a bit awkward or this, that and the other. You need to be able to come to someone and call them out on their shit. And if yeah. they get mad at you or nasty you, that's fine. You can work through it. But if the person's getting mad and not like, you know, understanding why you're upset, that's not a friendship. And it goes both ways. If they come to you and say, you did something, I'm not happy with how you handle things. You have to accept that. Okay, I, I hear you. I'm sorry you know I yeah. have to we all have to be aware of how we are with other people too exactly if you come if someone comes to you and said you really hurt my feelings by doing this don't turn around and go just like well I didn't mean it that way that doesn't matter someone's feelings were hurt uh, own up to the fact that you hurt their feelings regardless if you meant to or not the best advice I can ever give anyone regarding friends because my parents spoke to me about this before and it was like quality over quantity if there's one friend that is not treating you right or they're being toxic or they're manipulative and they're just not sitting right with you and you don't want to fall out with them because it means you have no friends you want to hold on to these people because they're the only people you have don't be afraid to stand up for yourself and talk to these people and if they don't understand there are so many other people out there they have apps now for you to meet friends you can literally go on apps and meet friends Mm. don't be afraid to be alone and get people who actually value you in your life Long term, you'd be much happier. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? That brings us on perfectly to our next segment. Top tips on making friends in your adult years. Amazing. Oh, I'd like to learn something. Oh, good. Well, I've just written down a few things because, as I said earlier, I think for people who are in their mid to late 20s, for to not have friends, people can consider that weird or odd. And a lot of people get a bit nervous about making new friends and it can be a bit awkward. And I just thought, like, you know, it would make some little tips that could could help you make those friends. Go ahead. I just want to say one thing. I mean, I know, like, I, I have one or two friends. They're extremely anxious and they find it really hard to make friends. Mm. I feel like I was sitting here saying a lot of things like, you know, oh, don't do this. Make sure you do that. You know, get rid of that person. Like, I don't suffer from social anxiety. I know I don't for a fact that I don't but there's a lot of people out there that do and I don't want to go across like it's so easy for me to just say that do you know what, do you know what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. yeah. so like these tips which, which are wonderful but I don't want to sound like you know it's as easy as this off you go it's fine like disclaim all you want alright Connor <laughs> Connor just the tip please just the tip oh my god can we do that as just a segment the tip, just please. the tip yeah. Guys, if you like that segment, do let us know in the comments. But one thing I have decided is that I do want to make more friends in my older years. I don't want to be reliant on the memories and the nostalgia. And I love all my friends from back home and all the friends I made all those years ago and you guys and everything. But I'd like to try and make more friends. And it stems back to the episode that we did on, like, you know, New Year, New Gee, where I want to... <laughs> find out who I am a little bit more and explore the things that I like and hopefully make some friends through those passions. Tell us how to make the pals, babes. So that's one of the first tips that I have there is try new things. Don't be afraid to say hello. Go to like a local bar and talk to people at a quiz night or go try a dance class or a music class or something like that. Like, you know, going out and as you said, doing something you're passionate about and meeting people who have actively gone to do something that they are passionate about, you guys are going to have an instant connection. Not every Tom, Dick and Harry goes to a dance class. If you go there and someone else goes there, they want to go out and do something new and meet new people. And that could be a really, really good thing to do. But as John said, people do get quite shy and find it hard to like, you know, go out there and meet people and do those things. And like we said, the online world is full of places for you to make friends, mm-hmm. whether there are apps or websites or communities out there. Whatever you're interested in, there is a goddamn community for it on the website. If you are into a very obscure 
type of Lego building or something. Like there is a community for that, whether it's on Reddit or some forums, you will find like-minded people who are more than happy chat to you from a laptop, a computer, a console, whatever it might be. So I think that's a very, very good tip. And finally, I think this is one that we might not have thought of, but don't hesitate to reach out to old friends. Like if you have friends that you've grown distant from or some time has passed and you think it's awkward to reach out now, like if things kind of fizzled out and you're like, oh, it'd be a bit awkward if I kind of like, you know, send them a text or something. Don't be afraid to do it. If things didn't end on bad terms, reach out that hand. They might be feeling really awkward as well and might want to be friends again, but don't want to be the first one to do that step. So why not send that text? Because I think it's interesting that both of our New Year's resolutions were aligned in the sense of want to make more friends, want to get out there, want to, you know, get to know more people. Because I think it's quite easy to get into a relationship like we have and be quite comfortable and say, do I need to make more friends? You know, I come home, I have my boyfriend, I see his friends, I see my friends. You know, don't get complacent, push yourself, get out there to make more friends. I think exactly. that's something we both realise we need to do this year. Mostly because I just like, you know, can't stand being around you most oh, of the time. Oh, he's obsessed with me. <laughs> friends are an extension of your identity, I think, as well. And Oh God, that's a sentence. No, they are though. They're... It is, that's so good. Yeah, because... It's one thing having friends that you love forever, but as you said, there's another thing having friends who are actually into the same shit as you. Tea, real tea. So get on there, make those friends at least. Yeah, awesome. And uh, that was just the tip. That Thank was you just for coming. We Thank might you. bring that back in the future. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thank you for coming. <laughs> Can we get more than just the tip next time? No, the bedroom. All right, so let's do a little quiz quickly. Here. Uh, no, the question is, are we back to BuzzFeed quizzes? We're back to BuzzFeed quizzes. Oh, I'm ready. Hit me. Okay, so there's a list of options here and contestant number one and only contestant in this quiz is going to answer them. We're not going to call them all out. The quiz is, everyone is one of six types of best friends. Which one are you? So choose a gift you'd buy for your bestie. Concert tickets. Yeah. Because that's her also. Choose an activity to do with your bestie. Oh, clubbing. Yeah. You better work, bitch. What quality do you look for in a friend? Kindness. That's such a lie. What's a red flag when you're hanging out with someone for the first time? Ooh, I like this one. No sense of humour. What's your biggest character flaw? I'll answer this one, shall I? No, bitch, get out of this. (laughs) Your tip has entered. You're gone. (laughs) Oh, my tip is finished. Um, I suppose if I had to get out of the ones that are here, I would say probably judgmental. I would agree. I think that you should. (laughs) (laughs) I would agree. That's so good. Pick a food. Okay, so I'll, I'll list the foods here. So potato salad, hamburger, pasta, brownies, Brussels sprouts, or cake. It's an Oreo cake, I think. Ooh. Ooh. I am going to go for, out of these options, not very impressed with them overall, a hamburger. You are the funny one. Ooh. You're the funny best friend. You like being funny because you enjoy making people laugh, especially your friends. Whenever your bestie is down, they can count on you to cheer them up. Oh, do you agree, bestie? I mean... Oh. So, guys, I think that wraps up another episode of the Generation Y Though podcast. I hope we all enlightened you on uh, what relationship looks like for millennials and Gen Ys and and a little insight into us and how we value our relationships. Plus, I think it's quite good to talk about it because this, as we said, this was one of the most requested topics that we've had. Like, we had an idea of what topics we wanted to talk about in general on this podcast and one that we never thought about was friendships and a lot of people wanted to talk about it because they're obviously going through the same shit we are. I wonder if it's something we can pick back up again because there's so much more to explore with this particularly with toxic friendships and what to do when you're coming out of a friendship and how lonely that might be. Oh yeah. yeah. I think that would be a nice one. Loneliness. 
Oh, loneliness could be mm. a good one. If you forget, if you are interested, please follow us on all of our social media channels. You can catch us on Instagram and Twitter at generation underscore why though. You can drop us an email at genwhytho at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook. We should delete all your friends because it's a shitty website as Generation Why Though. And remember, we'll be back every two weeks, guys. So hang in there. Yeah, don't miss us too much. In the meantime, please listen to the back catalogue. We have 12 other fabulous episodes that you yes. love, 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 love. So please listen. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make yes. sure you subscribe to us. All those lovely things. And that's it from us, bitches. Bye. Bye. Till next time. Mwah.